Welcome to the Popular Pig Podcast, a convenient place where you can stay up to date on what's popular in the swine industry. By listening to Popular Pig, you will receive invaluable information on the latest trends, news, and research from various experts that guide the global pork industry. Today's episode is brought to you by sponsors like SwineWeb.com, your one-stop destination for all of the latest swine news, commentary, videos, events, and industry hot topics in animal health and feed. Log on to SwineWeb.com today. And Innovative Heating, the manufacturer of Hog Hearth, the most energy-efficient and only antimicrobial heat mat for the swine industry. Reduce maintenance costs and lower your electric bill today. For more information, visit hoghearth.com. Welcome to the Popular Pig Podcast. My name is Matthew Rhoda, your host for today's episode. Today, we are going to talk about how engineers can help facilitate transforming swine facilities for the future. Joining me today is Dr. Tammy Brown Brandle. How are you today? I'm doing great. It's great to hear. Before we talk about today's topic, would you mind sharing with us a little bit about how you were introduced to the pork industry and a bit about what you do today? Yeah, so um, ever since I was a very small child, I've really been an animal lover. I did not grow up in at a farm, but I would have loved to grow up on a farm. And when I got to college, I... I wanted to be a veterinarian, and I think that's a similar story for a lot of a lot of um, professionals today. And I decided, as a senior in high school, that I really didn't like blood, so I had to come up with a different a different approach to college, and and a different goal. And so I went to school, and I like science and math. And um, I found I found a professor called Doctor whose name was Dr. Jim DeShazer, who was doing a lot of animal stuff in the biological systems engineering department. And um, I really fell in love with with that work and um, went on a path to become an environmental physiologist and um, engineering of animal facilities as a graduate student. So that's how I, and I did my PhD on swine and that's how I, I came to know more about the swine industry. And you currently are at uh, University of Nebraska, correct? Yeah, I spent 20 years as a USDA, um, at the USDA Meat Animal Research Center in Clay Center, Nebraska. And last January, I moved to the University of Nebraska um, and I took a, a chair position. I'm the splinter offmer, um, or the splinter chair at the University of Nebraska. And I'm working in an area called precision livestock farming. So do you mind talking a little bit about precision livestock farming? And, uh, I guess if you just introduce that for us, that'd be great. Yeah. So, Precision livestock farming or precision animal management is basically looking at um, collecting real-time data on, hopefully, as we move forward, individual animals. And with that, we want to aid management decisions. And what that means is we're going to be collecting data in the barn real-time, and hopefully we can identify individual animals in that. 
And if we can see them on a daily or, or even an hourly or minutely basis, we can help the producers understand what's going on in the barn and give them information to help make their job easier and, and more effective um, when they're, they're taking care of animals. And at the American Association of Swine Veterinarians down in Atlanta, you did a presentation on some work with computer vision. Do you mind talking through how computer vision is a part of performance livestock farming or management and how, that, uh, how you see that moving forward in the future? Sure. So um, when we are creating this, these data streams or we're coming up with a way to understand the animal and their environment and how that, how they are interacting with the environment and each other on a, on a daily or hourly or minutely basis, um, we have to be able to capture information from the environment and how we are, a lot of things we are doing now is using two different approaches, either um, radio frequency identification or we are using a lot of cameras and computer vision. And what that does is it allows us to, um, to see the animal and using some, some programming, we can take that, that image and turn it into, we have done weights on an animal. We have done, um, condition scores and we have done lameness on the animal. Um, there's been other people that have looked for predicting of, of tail biting. So there's some really exciting stuff that we can use computer vision for. Um, some of the, so when you think of computer vision, you think of digital cameras and we're using digital cameras, but we are also using, um, what is called a depth camera and a depth camera, um, is, is a camera that gives you the distance from the camera instead of an image. And that distance, then we can, we can see shapes and we don't, we don't necessarily, it's not quite the same as a digital image, but it gives us some different information that we can use. Yeah, the images you shared were actually pretty interesting because when you see that depth image, you really do get to see the ears and you get to see the head and the back. But once you get to the midsection, it almost just looks like a straight down statue without the legs. Uh, but it seems to give you a clear picture of the pig and, and how it's moving and, and walking around. Exactly. And the the other interesting thing is um, you get a lot of um, resolution or there's you can see the shape of the back of the pig. And I think as we move forward in doing that, I think that shape of the back of the pig can help us discern um, condition scores in sows. Um, it might be able to help us predict um, the how lean or how how fat a, a finishing pig is, perhaps. Um, so it's a really exciting area. Um, you can also, instead of just an image, you can look at video so you can see how a pig is moving. Um, you can then discern whether or not the pigs are are fighting or if they are, if they're just walking around each other. There's been some work done using depth cameras for that purpose as well. 
Yeah, it truly will be game changing once we can automate and use this data to understand the impacts of what we're seeing on animal health, nutrition, and selling and and uh, and, and stockmanship. I think it's going to be very very fascinating. When you look at the things that you have seen from all of the research you've done, what are some things that are jumping out from the vision work you've done and, and finishing that have surprised you or, or that are really exciting? Um, so I think the one thing that's really exciting is, is how we can predict weight of animals. Um, when we, we use a depth camera, we can actually predict the weight really accurately. Um, and weights that you typically take on a scale um, may not be as accurate as you would hope they would be. Um, then Is that because the pig's rocking back and forth constantly and it's really not getting enough time to, to accurately settle or to, to settle and get an accurate reading? That's exactly right. A pig moving around on the scale, even even if you're only holding the pigs on the scale for just a couple seconds or maybe five seconds, you there's a lot of um, the pigs are walking around or some pigs are, are jumping or trying to trying to get out. And as they do that, you're getting a lot of a lot of noise in that in that weight. So you don't truly know what a pig weighs. But if you think about using a depth camera in the pen, and if you could identify each individual within the pen, then you could see that the weight of each individual animal on a daily basis um, throughout the whole entire growth cycle. So you could see when they start to plateau and you need to change feed perhaps, or when they start approaching um, finishing and and you need you could then identify exactly which animals are hitting that target weight and what date you're going to have say 20% of your your pigs ready to go to market so what does the process look like to develop a technology to do these types of things i mean i know you have to take video and there's gobs of data what does that data look like is it thousands of images is it tens of thousands hundreds of thousands uh, how much time does it take to kind of develop these these systems so these capabilities it really depends on what what we are doing um and so the the weight project we did five different weights on 240 pigs and we could have done more weights we could but actually we weren't too bad. Our, our error on our first equation was, um, four and a half percent error. So if, and so basically what we did was we, we walked pigs across the scale. We took, we just, um, took a few images of each pig while they were on the scale to ensure that we got a really good image. And, um, then what we did was we cleaned up the images so you get you have to get rid of the scale and actually we are we are not estimating the the volume of the head or the tail so we are just using the volume of that of from the neck to the to the rear of the pig um and we do that because 
if the head is up or if the head is down, that can drastically change the, the volume that the pig has. So if we just use from the neck to the rear of the animal, that gives us a pretty stable volume. Um, so we, we clean up the image, get rid of the scale, and then remove the, the head and the tail, and then we summarize, we add up all the columns of, of height, and so we get a volume of a pig, and then from there, we, we put that on a, on a graph with their weight that we weighed on the scale, and we just did a simple linear regression to give us an estimate of, so we could predict weight. So within this research and the things you're learning from this, how do you see this changing the future of pig production? Uh, and and in one way, how, how do you see this changing the way that facilities are operated? So you know, I think I think this precision animal management or precision livestock farming is really going to transform how we how we are managing um, facilities. But we are never going to get rid of the animal caretaker. Um, my hope is we can make the animal caretaker more effective. So instead of going in and having to look for sick pigs, we can go in and look for pigs that have a, a blue mark on their back. And we know, we know that those pigs are the pigs that need to be checked. Or we look for a black mark on their back. And those are the pigs that need to be sorted out to be, um, sent to market that day. So I think we're going to make um, the livestock industry, we're, we're going to take them the few, we have a hard time getting people to come work for the livestock industry. We're going to make their jobs easier and, and their time more effective in the barns. So with that, what's a, uh... Are you seeing this type of technology used in other industries as well for, for livestock? Yeah, so it's it's more, when we go to Europe, it's being used more than it is here. And if you look at the, the dairy industry in Europe, they are using a lot of robotic milkers. And if you think about how a robotic milker works, they, um, the cattle choose when they go to get milked. Um, they have robots that feed the animals. They have, um, pedometers and, um, rumin rumination sensors on all the animals so they can tell if an animal is, is off feed or if they are not ruminating as much. So they have indications that they need to go, they need to go look at those animals. The pedometers help them tell when an animal is ready to be, is in heat and needs to be bred. Um, so if you look there, um, you can see kind of where the industry is going. Um, if And you think about a small dairy farm that has, say, 200 cows on it, which is not normal for the United States, but they have a very small herd, those those producers are in those barns for only a couple hours a day, so they actually have another job they can go to. 
they come and they check the animals. They make sure the robot has feed so it can mix different diets and feed the different different pens of animals the correct diet. Um, and then they come back in the evening and check the animals on the list. So um, it's just a different thought process on on how you can raise animals. Yeah, it's incredible what's, what's happening in that industry. When we look back at what it used to mean to be a dairy farmer, and in some cases what it still means to be a dairy farmer, it was very labor-intensive. And now right. it's you're on farm a couple hours. I, I toured this one, and they had somebody sitting in a, at a desk watching graphs and numbers on various aspects of the operations and how the cows were, were eating, moving around, and they were like, I try not to go out on the farm because if I do, I can actually throw them off their cycle. So I sit here all day and I try to manage from numbers. And that is just way different. And it makes me think about what the future of the sow farm looks like, given how that's very labor intensive. And if, if that can be a few hours a day in some areas, it, it just be game changing. How, how long do you think it's going to be before the swine industry starts to see some of these intelligent camera systems or a, a more intensive PLF uh, in, in these in these barns? Is it next year? Is it three, five, ten? Where do you think that that timeline sits? Well, we are we are already seeing movements in that area now. If you look at some of the the electronic sow feeding stations, um, they are they're going from you know, the gestation stalls into large pens. They are moving those sows in at, at three, three to four days after, after they've been inseminated. They have a bore station so they know if the, if they've actually, if they're pregnant or whether they have, if they're still open. Um, it feeds the animals. It can weigh the animals. Um, so we are starting to move in that area, and the computer vision part of that could help ensure that all the sows have the proper condition and be able to make a feedback loop so that we know that if a cat, if a sow is losing condition, we can up their amount of feed that they're getting. If they're, if they're gaining too much condition, we can drop the amount of feed so we could really manage them to the proper condition score. Um, and if, if for some reason we needed to, to change feed, um, or diets, um, we could do that as well. There's that potential in those systems. Um, we can also, we're starting to look at, um, lameness in pigs. So while those systems are out there, I think over the next, say, three years, we're going to see a tremendous growth in those systems. And in growth, I mean in the, in the sophistication of those systems. No, that's, it's a, that's really fascinating. What, uh, I guess when you, when you think about, we'll take a step back. When you think about what it means to be an engineer, working in this industry how does that allow you to take a different approach or perspective so an engineer i would say has a different thought process than 
an animal scientist or a, and you need a diverse team to come up with good solutions. But an engineer approaches, approaches a system as they, we want to solve problems. So we look at the industry. We, we talk to people. We figure out what, what the problems are currently. And then we take the approach of we want to solve the problem. We want to come to an answer. Um, so I always say an animal scientist likes to know why things happen and wants to understand all the details. And an engineer takes a completely different approach because they just want to solve the problem. Um, so you need both on the team. And um, you probably need other people on the team as well, like um, maybe computer scientists and maybe you could have, um, you know, geneticists and, and nutritionists and you can have a lot of people on the team to come up with, with the best solution. So when you look at the pork industry, um, in your perspective, what will success look like in the swine industry 10 years from now? So success um, has to include a lot of different things to me. Um, success has to include an economic advantage. I mean, producers have to come away with a profit. Otherwise, they won't be in business and they, they shouldn't be in business, right? If they aren't, if they aren't coming up with a profit. So that is, that has to be in the equation. Um, you know, the consumer wants to know that our, our pigs are being well cared for. Our producers also want to know that our, that their pigs are being well cared for. So I think increasing animal well-being, increasing not only animal well-being, but being able to to show that those animals um, are in good condition, are being fed well, um, puts everybody at a peace of mind. Um, so the the success has to be um, both on the the economic, on the animal well-being, and um, maybe even even looking at. Um, you know, we have to be sustainable. And so taking care of our waste, although that's not my area, that is also part of the equation of success. Yeah, we were looking into what carbon neutrality might mean in the pork industry. And of most of the animal protein markets, swine's actually one of the closest to achieving carbon neutrality and, and it'll be interesting to see with all the new technologies that can come online in the next decade whether or not we'll actually be able to be carbon neutral uh, that would be a huge win for the industry and it, it's potentially attainable that's another conversation in itself <laughs> yeah that's exciting that's really exciting news so what golden nugget might you have for people listening? Uh, something that they can take take away from listening today, uh, whether they're a consumer, a producer, a vendor. What's that one thing you want to share? So, so the one thing that I think is exciting about precision animal management is when you look at the, the labor force that wants to work with, with animals and in 
if it's dairy or beef or pork or, or poultry, um, we're all struggling with trying to get um, young people interested to come to our, to work with animals, right? And labor is becoming a, a challenge even to get good people to, that even don't know anything about animals, but good people to come to work for you, it's, is really difficult. So if you think about, we're, we're changing the way we raise animals when we start to use technology. So instead of, um, trying to recruit somebody to come and feed pigs, you're recruiting a whole new, a whole new type of individual. You want to come and not feed pigs, but do you want to come and work on this computer system? Do you want to come and manage these pigs by looking, by managing a computer system? So I think that's one of the really exciting things about precision animal management is I think we can then start recruiting a different labor force to come and help us with animal production. I, I completely second what you're saying there. I think it is a great way to get younger individuals more involved and to uh, paint a different picture of what it means to be a pork producer or to be a farmer in general. Um, we are, we're always looking for great students to come in and work with us at all different levels from the undergraduate level clear through the PhD level. So um, if you're interested, come and look me up. And we'll, we'll provide some contact or just a little bit of information about your background. So if people do want to look up who you are a little bit more and, and what Nebraska has to offer, they should be able to find that uh, on the link to, to the podcast. Well, I want to thank you for taking the time to share your story and expertise with us. It's been wonderful having you on this episode of Popular Pig, and uh, we want to wish you the best. We want to thank you for your time. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Popular Pig. We aspire to learn and grow together through the experience and wisdom shared by our esteemed guests. Therefore, if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and colleagues within the swine industry. For more information, please go to popularpig.com and subscribe to receive updates when new episodes are available. Today's episode is brought to you by sponsors like SwineTech. Leverage the power of computer vision, voice recognition, and real-time behavioral monitoring to reduce mortalities and labor inefficiencies in the farrowing house. For more information, visit swinetechnologies.com.